Welcome to the Rest and Recovery Podcast, where we look to educate, equip, and empower the listener with tools and tips from some of the foremost ex- experts in effective rest and recovery so we can live this one life well. Welcome to episode 55 of the Rest and Recovery Podcast. I have Matt DeMeo. He is the founder, formulator, and CEO of Condition One Nutrition, and he's also a veteran of the Marine Corps. And Matt was able to transfer his experience of persistence and discipline to create and formulate a healthful bar that is great and perfect for the military, the tactical athlete, or anybody on the go that is has tons of nutrition has all the right fats and protein and carbohydrates to get you through your day. I think you'll enjoy the conversation and thank you for listening. Remember, be rested, be well. Well, with me today is Matt DeMeo. He is the uh, founder, formulator, CEO of Condition One Nutrition, uh, and not just that, but also a veteran of the Marine Corps. So Matt, welcome to the Restroom Recovery Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. First, I uh, I have to say thank you for your service. I appreciate you uh, you doing that and taking your time in the Marine Corps. Oh, my pleasure. It was a mostly good experience. <laughs> mostly, yeah. Uh, it, and and a byproduct that you know ultimately the result of this company, as we'll I'm sure we'll get into. Um, so you know, give me a background on that. You know, how does a uh, a devil dog, as I understand, uh, <laughs> y'all are called, but to go yeah. from you know, a military veteran to, you know, creating nutritional product. It was, it's, it's been an interesting journey. So it started when I was uh, deployed out in Africa and um, we're doing a humanitarian mission out there. It's it pretty simple, nothing, nothing heavy. Um, we were the security element to the humanitarians. And, uh, but most of the time, anytime I've, I've been in the field or as a Marine, I'd always have some type of snack in my pocket whether it was a, a you know a cliff bar or a metrics bar, I typically, when I was in the field, would, would lean on two. I would have like a cliff bar for the carbs and, and, and you know good clean carbs, and then I'd have some type of metrics bars for the protein. Right. And that's when I started thinking. I was like, man, who's making something, you know, for us and our needs as Marines in the field? And that's when the gear started turning. When I was you know um, out there, and when I got back here stateside, I uh, thought about it more. I ultimately ended up getting in touch with a NSW nutritionist out in Coronado right. who was doing all the you know dietary needs for the team guys. So and, NSW, uh, what's that real quick? Uh, Naval Special Warfare Nutritionist. So she was doing the, uh, the you know, the uh, diets for the steels, basically. Okay. Right. And uh, she gave me, you know, I told her I had this idea and what I wanted to do. I wanted to make a bar, you know, something that's good for us while we're in the field because we can't always open up a memory either, you know, um, not especially when you're on patrol, right? Yeah. So uh, she gave me this framework to work with and she gave me, you know, how many calories needed to be at carbs, proteins, all that stuff. And we gave me some recommended ingredients. And that's what I started building off of. And uh, when I had something decent i started sending it to my buddies that were still in afghanistan and uh you know the response i got from them was was great they're like oh this is really good send more uh holds me over and from that point i was like okay there's you know there could be something here let me take this further and i found a small bakery in brooklyn 
and uh you know we started making them there yeah and uh just as the orders came in um and the whole fresh to make aspect came to be around that same time i started looking for larger manufacturers really large right. manufacturers and then at around that same time abc had done a story on this being you know a better known company and, and whatnot right which um caught the attention of these guys out in pittsburgh one of the largest protein bar manufacturers in the united states and uh you know they invited me out to see the facility and 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 they loved the idea and the concept um so i worked with them for a little bit and they kind of gave me you know, an overview of the the protein bar world or landscape as you want to have it. Right. And, um, you know, they, they told me about shelf life. You got to have this shelf life. And this is what retailers expect. And basically it was like, here's your box to fit into. Right. It was more the system, not necessarily the nutritional side of it. Right. Is yeah. More- you know, well, I mean, it was very informative and they're, you know, they're, you know, I, I really appreciate them doing what they did for me. Um, and they also, they also offered that like, Hey, well, we can make this product for you. We can make this product for you. We'll get it on the store shelves. We can get you in Costco. Oh, we have other brands that are on Costco. And, um, I started working with them and they made me their version of my product. And, um, it was not the same. It was not the same at all. Really? You can tell their version of my product is conformed to the industry standards conform to their methods of manufacturing. I mean, they were producing a hundred thousand bars in four hours. Right? Wow. Wow. And I'm sitting here in this little bakery in Brooklyn making like, you know, 500 a week. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it just, it wasn't the same. And, uh, I went back and forth for a while. And finally, I took a step back and I said, you know, I really appreciate what you guys are doing, but, um, I think I'm just going to stay where I'm at. And uh, at the time, I really wasn't sure. I was like, you know what? I'm, I I want to keep putting out a good product because it, it frankly just didn't taste that great. The product they gave me tasted horrible, tasted artificial, even though it had uh, pretty much the same ingredients. They had the ground flaxseed tasted like grass because it wasn't baked. And we had our just our own way of making it. Sure. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to stay small and stay making them fresh. And... Um, that's what we did. And in hindsight, I'm glad we did that. You know, for a while, I wasn't sure if that was the right decision. Yeah. I mean, I give you a lot of credit for that is sticking to your principles on what you wanted it to end and look like. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's, yeah, like you said, you know, that's, you stuck, stuck to it. And I, I honor that. That's incredible. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. But uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a long, it's been a long, long ride since then. Yeah. And now we're finally in a bigger facility we've been putting here. We're essentially assembling our own way to make bars. So are you still, you're still fresh baked and fresh still baked? fresh baked. Everything. We just have a constant cycle moving. You know, when you, when you come to our site and you place, place an order, the bars are getting made that day, if not the next. So it's a just in time provisioning really it's just in time. That's it. And that's what drew me, uh, honestly, you know, as I've discovered it not all that long ago, I was like, these are fresh baked. Are you kidding? And uh, and then when I when I tried them, I got the the multi pack. And uh, you know, after each one, I was like, I'm not sure which one is my favorite. So, uh, but yeah, they, they definitely taste taste that way. And uh, thank you. So for, on the formulation, you know, what was the coaching you got on that? And I guess more the the why it worked, right? You put it together and then you gave it to your buddies. But then, you know, why did that work? 
Yeah, so I think it's it's a combination between we have our fast burning fats from coconut oil, good clean complex carbohydrates um, and protein. So you're you're getting things that digest kind of um, as your body needs them, um, and a little bit of sugar. You know, um, if you're an athlete, it's, it's one of the things that we get a lot of kind of flack on. Is like, oh, I see sugar in the bar. I'm like, yeah, we we do use real sugar. Um, because if you're an athlete, if you're out there, that's the first thing that and the fast burning fats, the first thing you're going to start right. you know, using then followed by, you know, those, those complex carbohydrates and then finally the proteins for, for, for rebuilding. Yeah. Kind of that first gear, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's that first thing. And, you know, for people who are, who are more sedentary in their diet, sugar is probably not a good thing. But uh, if you're an athlete, especially post-workout, you know, people are like, oh, sugar's so bad for you. And there's truth to that if you're having an excessive amount or if you're not having it at the right time. Yes, that's true. But, uh, you know, if you're very active post-workout, it's going to actually help raise your insulin levels a little bit, which then produces IGF-1, which is insulin growth factor, which is important as an athlete. Yeah. And I mean, it'll sustain you after. So you're not having that like post-workout crash. Yeah. So yeah. We agree. Yep. That's pretty fascinating. And, you know, that's the interesting thing on the, on the science side is like, you know, things work, but then you understand the what and the why it, it, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I'm no, I'm no nutritionist. I, everything that I've learned has been taught to me by nutritionists or things that I've had to read, you know, part of the learning process yep. of, uh, of, of building this company. But, um, yeah. So I did notice, uh, and this is a personal anecdote for me as well, is that you went gluten-free. Yes. Um, and, you know, for me and my family, we're, we're gluten-free. So that's always, you know, something we're on the hunt for. Um, and similar experience, like you were saying, is it sometimes it's kind of hard to find quality tasting baked goods uh, that are gluten-free. So what, what was the catalyst for the, the gluten-free aspect of it? It's funny. Now I'm actually starting to develop like a bit of a gluten intolerance. You know, I, I really cut down on it. But the initial catalyst was I was giving it out to friends. And a friend of mine was like, I can't have that. I can't have gluten. One of the things I had originally used um, instead of ground flaxseed, because I wanted the ground, we didn't want a good amount of fiber in there. Right. was wheat germ. And um, I was giving it out and they're like, yeah, I can't have that. That's, that's um, you know, there's wheat germ in it. And I was like, oh man, they're like, do you ever think about ground flaxseed? You get the, you know, you get a lot of, you know, fiber benefits and all this good stuff but uh there's no wheat and that's yeah. the only ingredient we had to change we made that change and you know it was, was gluten-free so we now we just source from like rob's milk red mill to make sure that our oats are gluten-free yeah. there's no cross-contamination and whatnot so um it was a relatively easy thing for us to do yeah i that was one thing i super appreciated um in 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 finding that and and uh again like i said the, the quality taste i mean i've been five or six years now so i'm my memory on glutinous bread isn't uh, as strong as it used to be, but I mean, I still miss it. I still miss it. I, I, I really don't eat any pasta anymore. I mean, you know what? Right next to me on my desk, I just got some of this stuff. I eat this a lot, the bonza yep. pasta, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a preference of mine just not to have wheat in my diet. Yeah. Same with us. And obviously in jovial pasta is one that I don't know if you've tried that one. No, I haven't. It's jovial. Jovial. Yeah. J O V I A L. Check that, out. that is probably the closest, um, 
non-wheat pasta I've tasted. Yeah. Um, where, you know, some of them just break apart too easy or whatever. The texture is unique. Uh, but that's that's something that I've uh, we found to be really, really good. Awesome. So you come from a military background, very mission-oriented. Um, seems like that's kind of come to, come over into your, your company as well um, with some of the things you guys are involved in uh, from what I understood. So maybe maybe touch on that a little bit on how you've ingrained kind of being mission driven on your creation, but also some of the partnerships you have. Sure. So, I mean, in regards to partnerships, um, you know, the people that we choose to support, uh, for me being a veteran, it's important for me to, you know, to support my, my brothers as, as much as I can. Um, a really close friend of mine, Rudy, who has been with me since the very beginning. I mean, he was with me baking bars in my kitchen, you know, <laughs> oh, really? oh yeah, he was, he was with me from the get go. And, uh, when he started his nonprofit, Force, Force Blue, is kind of a no-brainer. And, um, you know, his vision for that has been just extraordinary. And, you know, I've had the privilege to be a part of it. Um, so that's one of the, the the nonprofits that we support, which is, you know, essentially repurposing combat divers to rebuild the core reefs. So there's an aspect of um, restoring the mental health of combat divers and rebuilding the, the environment. So it's a really kind of a double-edged sword. It's an amazing thing. And then also the Recon Sniper Foundation, um, which is a close uh, close bunch of guys that I know and, and good guys. And 90% um, of their of their uh, funds go to the actual mission. So those are the, the, you know, the two main nonprofits we support. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So, and then from, um, I'd like to know about your experience going from you know, your military background, from what I've always heard, I didn't serve in the military, I have to yeah. have the opportunities to support on a previous job, military as a customer, and the Marine Corps, as a matter of fact, but um, that transition piece is always seems to be a, a challenging one for veterans. Um, how did you, what, in hindsight, what are some of the experiences you had in the military that have parlayed well um, into entrepreneurship? Experiences in the military that probably well in entrepreneurship. Um, I think accountability, uh, responsibility. You know, you get a lot of responsibility at a young age when you're in the military. Um, not having, and this is a good, good and bad thing, right? Not having a nine to five. It's just here's the task that needs to get done. When it's done, it's done, right? So there's you're not sitting there looking and saying, okay, I'm just going to work from nine to five, I'm going to begin this task and I'm going to complete this task. Right. And essentially, you know, something that has really, really helped me um, a lot. I'd say that's probably one of the main things. Okay. You know? And then of course, discipline, being able to, to create your own structure, um, which was initially hard for me because you kind of lose that for a little while. And, you know, you, I guess you have to figure out how to create your own structure and what works for you. Right. Uh, especially when you're on your own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was always curious because I've always uh, understood, like I said, that, um, you know, it's a, it, it's a challenge at times for companies you know, to acknowledge some of the things, but I, you know, you can, there's so many great skills that uh, the veterans have. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the biggest challenge coming out of the, the Marine Corps is that, that identity loss, you know, and, and uh, you're, when you're in, you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Uh, you have an identity, you know, I'm, I was Sergeant DeMeo, I had a mission, I had tasks, um, and those are all kind of given to you. And when you get out, if you don't, if you don't hit the ground running when you get out, it can be really challenging. And especially when you go from when people ask you just, hey, what do you do? And you're like, I'm a Marine. There's right. pride. There's pride in that. Sure. And, you know, when I got out and people asked what I did, it wasn't that same, like, yeah, this is what I do. You know, whether it was, you know, I've worked for MTV as a stagehand for a while. I did real estate. I was in college. Um, I went through a million jobs until I finally kind of had this, until I uh, really started executing on this idea. Right. And when, you know, my identity changed back into, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. And that, that really helped me a lot. Okay. Yeah. And I guess I can resonate, you know, probably anybody in corporate world, but like as men in general, we're kind of a little bit more goal oriented and mission driven. Yeah. Uh, to, to kind of hang on to something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure. For sure. So um, with the company, where do you where do you see the vision going with this company like do you do you have some things on the horizon that you guys are looking at doing or um for sure i think i mean our our big goal is just be known for making the best bars out there and we'll be expanding our product product line more this year more okay. flavors um different types of bars you know we, we've been listening to a lot of our of our the comments and, and the emails that come in and we want to get a vegan bar out there that's fresh made, um, one that's low carb, uh, without any sugar. So that's something that actually we're working on. Um, you know, all keeping our same principles, just high quality, fresh made. Right. Yeah. So who are the folks that can benefit from this bar? I mean, um, is it limited to the tact to like, well, I guess tactical athlete is kind of the new term, right? Um, I, I don't think it's limited to anybody. I think anybody, you know, that, that just wants a, a high quality meal replacement bar. Yeah. You know, you can definitely incorporate it into your diet, really, no matter what your lifestyle is. Um, you know, if you're, it would just to be depend on when you eat it, how much you eat it, if you decide to portion it out or not. Um, I use these all the time when I'm skiing, when I'm hiking, um, camping, I'll use it. I'll use half of it as, a, as an afternoon snack and just only have half um, post-workout right after the gym. And then I'll have my, my, my full meal. So there's a lot of different ways you can use it. The bar is a very balanced bar with 10 grams of fat, 44 grams of carbohydrates, 25 grams of protein, and roughly about 380 calories. You're getting a very well-rounded bar. So, you know, if it's too big to have one sitting, portion it up, have, you know, a third, a third, and then a third. Right. And, uh, you know, you can use that to, to supplement some of your snacks throughout the day. Yeah. It, it's, a dense and uh, bar for sure where, um, and like you said, it's got tons of calories in it and yeah. all the good stuff too. The, the, the goal is just really quality, quality ingredients. It's that's our first priority. And I think, you know, it go just goes from there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a critical element of so many things. Kind of what you were saying before with the, the mass manufacturing and, you know, there's pros and cons to it, obviously. Right. But, if you really want to ensure that you're having quality, there's very few options um, to go. Um, I noticed one thing was uh, I thought it was pretty pretty clever was the uh, oatmeal. I think oh yeah, you know what? That I totally that totally just kind of 
popped in my head. I was on a hike and I was like, you know what? I bet I can make oatmeal out of this. And sure enough, um, I think, where was I? I was on Mount Mount Washington over by Lake of the Clouds when I first kind of okay out. And then um, I literally, I made it that morning and I was like, holy crap, it actually works. And uh, <laughs> got the camera and just said, hey, this is what you can do, you know? Yeah. I, and, well, I mean, it works. I was like, just add water and that it's hot. You've got a warm uh, meal now. Yeah, um, yeah. And, it's, and it looked like it was pretty cold when you were uh, doing that video. It was a little chilly up there. I think it dropped down into like the high 20s, and that was the end of the summer. Mount Washington can be uh, has some weird weather. Um, yeah. And I think that's, I don't want to say dangerous, but if you're not properly prepared, you can you can get in a little bit of trouble up there with exposure. Yeah. Is that something you, are you uh, outdoors type? I love hiking. I mean, I did the, uh, I, I went and did the presidential trail in New Hampshire um, in February, which was quite cold. Again, you know, part of that is Mount Washington again. Um, I love hiking. I love being outside, whether it's, you know, again, skiing, snowboarding, longboarding, hiking, camping. That's, that's kind of my jam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is Mount, so Mount Washington, don't they have like a, uh, some kind of race and it's like, straight up the hill i thought there was like a bike race possibly um and it's like it's not long miles but it's like straight up in the air uh mount washington if you do i mean there's a jewel trail there's a whole bunch of trails that go okay. up washington and yeah, yeah some of them are are exhausting um it's really not a high peak you know it's only about i want to say elevation is about six thousand feet okay but yeah it'll wear you out for sure yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, that's one thing for me. I've not been too much of an outdoors type, and I'm starting to get into it a little bit more. Uh, it's such a recharge. Um, I'm big on kind of recharging the batteries. I don't know if you've read about ego depletion or not. Um, not familiar with that. So ego depletion is the idea that everything you do in a day pulls from a limited pool of mental resources. Okay. Um, this would be why if you read about like Steve Jobs, um, Andy Warhol, they all kind of wore the same thing every day to lessen the amount of decisions they make because then that thus uses resources. Right. Um, if I don't know about you, every, at the end of the day, you find you have much less willpower. You want to, you get your the late night cravings. You want to eat junk food at the end of the night. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times you give in right. We're all day, you'll eat perfectly. You know, you'll have your, you have your your kale, your salmon, all that good stuff throughout the day. And then next thing you know, it's like 930 at night and you just, you know, crush the sleeve of Oreos, right? Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm totally guilty of that. Um, it's that ego depletion. You know, you've, you've, you've kind of reached your limit and yeah. your decision-making and discipline starts getting affected at the end of that day as you're, as you become more and more exhausted. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, okay. I'm fam a little bit familiar with that. Yeah. The way that relates to me is, you know, at the end of the week, the way I recharge my battery, my batteries, aside from just sleep is just getting outdoors, being in nature, going on hikes, camping, disconnecting from, you know, the, yes. uh, the phone and, and the social media. And I find that it really, it really helps kind of, you know, restore my, my balance. Yeah. That's one thing that, personally, I've been working through myself as well to try and find that, that gap time. And, yep. um, I'm reading a book right now and deep work, accounting okay. work. And he right. kind of touches on that where he gives examples of all these, um, 
researchers, but where they would, you know, take time off or sabbaticals. And I've read a couple other executives talk about they take August off now and they're gone, wow. disconnected wow. from everything. And um, yeah, the value of disconnection is huge. I agree. I, I think it's, you know, we, we, a lot of us, you know, athletes, business owners, entrepreneurs, we all push ourselves really, really hard and we try to push ourselves as long as possible. And uh, I did that in the beginning because when I first started this company, it was, I was working a job and right. doing this. And then on weekends, I'm filling orders and, you know, researching and many, many late nights. But they, when you start burning the candle on both ends, you can only do that for so long before you really crash, you know? Yeah you can hit like depression all all these things can i think uh manifest from from pushing too hard too long um and now i find i i rather hit it hard for a few hours you know prioritize my top tasks right done and then gives give it some space some time and then you know some more afternoon work and then that's it you know you when you shut it down you shut it down and go into that kind of recharge mode where you can um you know not necessarily completely stop your mind because you're always solving problems and thinking whatnot, especially as a business owner, entrepreneur, yep. at least, you know, um, slow the intensity it. down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, you can't keep in that hyper arousal, uh, state and that, I mean, frankly, it, that's kind of the basis of the, this podcast and went through something similar where I just completely cratered after, you know, trying to do everything at the same time. Like you can do it all, but maybe not all at the same time. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if, if you look at what they're doing now in the special operations community, okay, and how special operations specifically deploys. Yeah. They deploy roughly for about three months at a time now. What was it before that? Um, well, since I've been in, it's been bad. I mean, you used to like, as Marines, we were deploying six months to a year, Army deploys for a year now, but specifically, um, you know, special operator they did studies and it shows like hey here's your effectiveness window and after that combat effectiveness begins to to taper off so now they deploy for short windows and come back and have you know um their op tempo may be a little bit higher but um they're far more effective yeah so they so the military is starting to adapt some of those things because i you know when i think of special ops or you mentioned the seals earlier you know mm -hmm. even some of the training requires massive sleep deprivation. Yep. Um, it does. Which I can understand the value of the training, but at the same time, like that persistence over time is not going <laughs> to produce. It's it's not good. And there's there's studies coming out that show sleep deprivation for long periods of time is definitely um, certainly uh, uh, detrimental to your health. Right? right. Not not good in any way. Um, which again goes back to keeping those deployment periods short and you know making sure that they're they're able to recharge and uh, you know from from again i'm not i was never special operations um spent time in the infantry but i have a lot of buddies in the, in the special operations community and you know a lot of that has to do with breaking down you know sleep deprivation and the the the, the, the uh constant beratement and, and uh whatnot breaks breaks people down to the core so you can see the real character you know, and I think that's one of the most important things they look for is what is what is what is a person's character at the worst, besides just making it through the physicality of the training. Sure. But, you know, that's when you see the characters when you when somebody's really broken down to their core, and uh, you know I think trust is a is a is a big part of that that selection factor. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Well, Matt, uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Um, I, again, I, I really, um, there's so many things about what you've created that fascinates me, and not just the fact that your military background and supporting a veteran-owned. But, uh, but yeah, it they taste amazing. I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, they they really are fantastic, and um, I'm an endurance person, long distance running, things of that nature. So I've been yeah. using that as my pre-workout, at least half of that. Do you do the the ultra marathons or the? Uh... Uh, I have not ventured into the ultras yet. Okay. Um, I've been toying with the idea. A friend of mine has done Leadville a number of times and done pretty well, but uh, stick with the half and, and the full marathons right now. Okay. Yeah. You know, I heard half that half marathon is, I, I, I think I want to say the most I've probably ever run is like 10 miles. Okay. I've heard that half marathon is kind of a sweet spot where it's still somewhat fun. It's very challenging, but still somewhat fun. Yeah. You know, and then once you get into the full marathon, you're really crushing yourself. Uh, pretty hard, and then those those ultra marathons. I I don't even know how some of those guys do it because it's just wild to me. Yeah, yeah. Really Going to a different mental state. Exactly. Yeah, I would totally agree with that assessment. On I I like the half marathon, um, but there's something with the marathon probably because of the Boston and all that. It has that mystique to it. Um, right. But it's certainly it's a totally different beast because it's if you think about it. So a marathon, half marathon it's not the same thing. They're double. So you have right. to totally adjust. And that's where nutrition really plays a key um, role in the marathon. more so than yeah. Well, one of, one of my buddies, uh, Thomas Carlick, he was an awesome Marine. He was big. He's big ultra marathon runner. Um, he did the trans Pecos ultra marathon. Okay. And uh, he actually leaned on our bars to carry him through most of that. Uh, I think he finished first. And uh, his oh, wow. routine is he'd have, he'd eat the bars during the day. And then at night when he slept, he would have his own little concoction that he made of like noodles and beans and, and whatnot that he, that he had at night. But during the day, um, our bar was actually a staple in his, uh, his diet. Really? Yeah. If not the event, it's the only thing during, he ate during the day besides water. Wow. His noodle concoction at night. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I, I like to close things out with a few personal questions sure so put you on a hot seat so okay. what, are you, what are you reading right now what am i reading right now okay so i have i have contagious that i'm reading right now okay um i just finished up uh many many lives many masters um before that i did uh matt mcconaughey's book green lights oh that yeah very good yeah i got here here's my here's some of the stuff i have right here uh was that book good I've been meaning yes, to it's very good. So this is my little, this is my recent stuff. Um, this is going to be next. Okay. Where the warrior. Um, just finished up this guy. Easy read. Fantastic. Uh, many lives, many, many, uh, many lives, many masters. Um, this is one of my all time favorites. I've read this book many times. Uh, Epictetus or Epictetus, his discourses. Okay. Absolutely. Love it. Um, yeah. So short list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I could go on about uh, books. I mean, I, I think it's important to keep keep uh, learning new inf information as, as as often as you can. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, you know, over the last couple of years, 
I've got into the audible and then, Oh yeah. Yep. The last couple, last month and a half, two months, I started to read a heck of a lot more. I've been reading more in general, but, um, 10 pages a day, I was I just mm -hmm. up to 75 hard. So it was like required. And right. now at the end of it, I'm like, I, that I have to read every day. And I used to consider myself not a reader, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I put on audible quite often when I'm in the car, or if I'm on a flight, um, audible for sure. Yeah. That's a huge, huge way. Um, what are you listening to right now? Be it music or podcast. Music or podcast music, man, I, I have my little cycles of different music I go through. I love music. My, my, my dad was a musician. My brother's oh, a musician. Cool. Um, so let's see, I was actually just did some, some snowboarding this past week and I had a lot, I had a lot of like nineties hunk going, uh, <laughs> from like, you know, blink 182 to offspring. Um, yes. You know the good uh, the golden era of punk is as i like to think of it yeah uh, um i mean i'll listen to rock love my 80s rock love my 70s rock i mean most rock from you know van halen to to rush to, yeah I mean, it, if it's rock i probably listen to it you know real 90s grunge as well um if i'm in the gym and i'm and i and i need some motivation i'll throw on some metal there you go you know? um listen to hip hop as well. Yeah. Mostly nineties hip hop. Uh, it was good then. It was, it was the new stuff. Not so much, but you know, there's this song I actually, I, I caught on um, Spotify while I was writing and I actually, I, I had it going, uh, you know, quite a few times. Whoopty or something like that. Whoopty. I don't know. It's by uh hold on. Let me see who it is. It's catchy. It's, it was pretty good. It's new hip hop, but it was, it was good. Um, Hold on one second. I will tell you that that's been a really cool thing with Spotify and, and the apps like that, where you can find new artists. I really yeah. like that aspect of it. Yeah, Whoopty by CJ. And then, uh, there's a new rapper that I actually started listening to, uh, uh, Joyner. He's really, really good. Okay. But anyway, I mean, I listen to all sorts of music. There's nothing, you know, country to Zach Brown. Yes. Huge Zach know. Brown. Yeah. Oh. Aaron Lewis. Um, so, I don't, I don't shy away from any genre when it comes to music. Yeah. Got to just set the mood right. That's all. Yep. Um, all right. So you may have touched on it, but what is your go-to rest and recovery method? Go-to rest and recovery. Getting out to the mountains. Getting in the mountains. Getting away. Shutting down the social media, the phone. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes just being alone. Um, and being alone in the, in the mountains, not to the point where you're completely excluded and you can get in trouble and you're, yeah. you know, not like the show, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, nothing like naked and afraid, but, uh, <laughs> you know, just getting some solitude and getting some time to kind of look inward, which I think is really important. You know, self-reflection, I think is really, really vital. Um, because there's so much noise going on around us and we're constantly being bombarded with, um, you know, information, whether it's, you know, a commercial, a friend, um, your boss, whatever it is, we're always bombarded with information and being to kind of get away from that and just be with yourself and your thoughts. You can work through things, I think, a lot easier and more effectively. Yeah, uh, it's a great, 
That's a great lesson uh, and way to, to close things out. Yeah, I, I totally agree that, um, and we don't know with the technologies, they're wonderful tools and we're able yeah. to do this for sure. But we don't, we don't know the impact yet or we're just learning. Um, so you definitely have to be aware of, of how it impacts you. I completely agree. I completely agree. You know, you gotta, you gotta clear out the noise. So you yeah. can hear yourself, you Absolutely. know. Well, Matt, uh, again, thank you so much for your time and uh, look forward to seeing where the company goes and uh, what that next flavor is. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I can tell you, I'll tell you right now, we got it. We're, we're looking at uh, dropping cranberry orange. Cranberry orange. Cranberry orange. Yeah. So look for that soon. Nice. And I'm due for a new batch. So I need to, I need to place my order for uh, sure. But listen, it's been great. Keep in touch, you know, shoot me an email anytime. I uh, look forward to chatting again. Yeah. Same here. Hey, thanks for listening into this episode with Matt DeMeo. Trust you got a lot out of it. And I would really encourage you to try their bars, not just because uh, I love them, but they are military veteran owned, made in the USA. So all things that I love and most importantly, they are nutritious and help with your recovery, whether it's active recovery or just uh, having that proper nutrition to get you through the day. So thanks for listening. Remember to share far and wide, rate and review that helps get the word out about what we're talking about here at the Rest for Recovery to live this one life well. So be rested, be well.